Hi, so my name is Alex Miller, and uh, we've had two previous episodes. One was a trailer, and one was my introduction to this whole um, topic of Alaska and its history. And um, as I said there, I think that one of the more important aspects of its history and how it's, you know, what it's done for us as an America, as America, as our country, I think it's pretty important. So, um, yeah, let's get to the military history of Alaska. So, from the very beginning, we've had a strong military presence. And right when we purchased it from Russia, we did not evict many of the citizens and the people who were settled there. Um, that wasn't really a big deal for us. But we had them maintaining law and order and they were over hunting some animals and because most of the population was fur trappers and uh, hunters up there. So we put in several restrictions uh, against endangered animals and um, they were pretty much there to just keep the peace, I guess you could say. Um, and they did that up until 1877 when the Alaskan military relinquished their control of Alaska to the U.S. Treasury Department. Um, so yeah, they since it's purchased, they were fairly passive. There was no militaristic army needs really from Alaska, but they were there. They were doing their job as peacekeepers. Um, they were just kind of passive, and during that downtime that they had, they're credited for building many of the roads uh, and bridges that are in Alaska. I'm sure they've been replaced now, but many of the original roads and bridges used for transportation, they're credited for doing a lot of exploring and map making. And that's really important because they, they knew the land, they knew the terrain, they knew how to get to different places. So that was really important both for military strategies and just for development of Alaska. Um, yeah, and that really, really came in handy when we got to the Klondike Gold Rush. Uh, many people were able to get to Alaska and where the Gold Rush was happening. It was very accessible, and that just brought more and more people because it wasn't just limited amounts of people who could send a lot of resources in, and it was just those top 1% that were doing it. Anybody could go. It was relatively easy. Uh, for just anyone to go be a part of that. But yeah, so that happened, the gold rush, you know, that brought in a lot of economy and the military, it wasn't like super aggressive and in control, but they were, you know, a little bit more active. And then they kind of just saw uh, both economic and militaristic recession for a little bit. Um, and it didn't really from the gold rush, it didn't really pick back up until World War One, um, And then they started to kind of utilize the space and untouched land that we had there. And um, then in World War Two, it got really crazy for them. Um, so one of the biggest air bases um, that we have in America, under America's name is Fort Rain Wainwright. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> Um, and it was home to, at the time, nearly 8,000 military aircraft. It's kind of crazy to think about. 8,000, that's a big number for anything, really. Um, but yeah, and those played a pretty big part in the World War II. I mean, so yeah, a lot of those aircraft um, 
were lent out to the Russians and they were flown from Alaska across the country uh, and onto the Russian forefront of World War II. So that's really crazy. Um, but Alaska didn't just serve as like a holding place for our aircraft. There were actual, there was an actual battle that was held technically on the islands. So just after um, Pearl Harbor happened, we were already kind of militarizing by that point. But just after Pearl Harbor happened, uh, we set up a couple islands just off the coast of Alaska to protect from any future aircraft or Japanese attacks. And um, lo and behold, the Japanese came and claimed not the island that we had, not the two islands that we had militarized, but they claimed some others and, you know, that didn't fly. So in just under a year, we uh, took that back, kicked them out, had a little bit of help from Canada. So that was cool. Um, yeah. And after that, there wasn't a whole lot going on that died back down um from all military activities um and we kind of led into the cold war after that period and alaska because it's so big and because there's not a lot of people there to be worried about it was home to a lot of testing and uh training for the cold war so there was a lot of because alaska is so cold in nature, they were able to test a lot of equipment and advanced technology to make sure it could survive the elements and all the terrible things that they'd have to put it through. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it. There's a lot more to it. Uh, I'm limited on time, so I tried to keep it as brief but informative as possible. But um, I hope that you learned something. I hope that you find it interesting, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Thank you very much.